Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is a victory Monday for the Denver Broncos as they beat the Packers 19 to 17. We'll go through the entire game. We'll hear Troy Rank uh, and Sean Payton mixing it up. Uh, we'll hear Sean Payton cutting me off. We will tell you exactly why it's not a bad thing to win, which is crazy. And my man, Johnny Love, what's the question of the day? Is winning bad, Mac? Is winning bad? Yeah. Winning is never bad. Okay. This has come up quite a bit over the past 24 hours. People are freaking out about the Broncos actually winning. It's about draft position and, you know, where they stand and it's a bad thing. So let me just talk about the elements of what seems to concern people the most. That if you keep winning, you hurt your draft position, which is going to stop you from, I guess, rebuilding. Let me just address that first. So you had yesterday four one in five teams, the Broncos, Bears, Giants, and Patriots, all win. You had four teams that were one in five actually win. How does that impact the draft order? Well, the Bears have Carolina's pick. Carolina is, you know, Zippo so far. So they still have the first pick. The Cardinals are now pick number two. The Bears are three. The Broncos are four. So you went from three to four by winning and you would have been i guess two and you say oh my god the the sky is falling that's the worst that's what i'm talking about dmac we are now worst draft position you're not in worst draft position you are going to have to move up anyways even if you were at three you're going to have to move up to two if you're the denver broncos and you want either caleb williams or drake may you're going to have to move up to two no matter what or number one either way it's going to cost you to move up. And it doesn't matter if you're going from four to two, from eight to two, from nine to two. The only thing that could get you in big trouble in terms of draft is making the playoffs. If you, if you make the playoffs, then you're going to have an issue. If you don't make the playoffs, then you're fine to move up. And this is why you need draft capital this is why the draft matters the trade deadline matters coming up on october 31st <laughs> you're going to have to do something to get somewhere that's why it was such an epic fail in 2018 with josh allen i mean it was um mind-blowingly bad when you were in a position sitting there at five doing absolutely nothing just sucking the year before and then there's Josh Allen in your lap, and, and you still pass on it for Bradley Chubb, who's a member of the Dolphins, who lost last night. You should have moved up then when you were at five up higher. We talked about that endlessly as there were five high-quality quarterbacks in that year's draft, and it was risky to stay at five, but things fell your way. And then, unbelievably, things fell your way at number nine. And you could have had Justin Fields and you could have had, you know, you could have been okay. Listen, this is extraordinarily terrible that 
you are in a position to draft a quarterback and you don't. But winning right now does not get in the way of that. Winning right now is absolutely fine because you've got to reset your entire culture and no team gives up on the season. So it doesn't matter if you win a few games. If you're in the top 10, you can always move up. That's what the 49ers did. That's what the Bears did years ago. That's what, that's just what you do. So I don't want to hear this crap about how bad a win is. A win is never bad. A win is a beautiful thing, as my old favorite football coach at Syracuse, Dick McPherson, said. So no, Johnny, and I'm not mad at you, Johnny. I promise I'm not mad at you. I'm not. What was that coach's name again? One more Dick time. McPherson, Coach oh. Mack. You don't know. Winning is not bad, and the Broncos won yesterday, but it didn't come without some consternation. Now, I'm going to play you a couple things here. First is going to be Russell Wilson, who, by the way, we now have Russell Wilson Productions, Johnny. Russell Wilson Productions is back. He's out there. He's, uh, you know, blibbity blabbity blue with montages Let's and ride. highlights. Here is Russell Wilson after the game, and check out this uh, TED Talk inspirational video. That was huge for us, man. Just uh, I thought it was a great team effort across the board. I thought the offensive line played an amazing, amazing game today. They gave me you know, enough time to make all the throws, and they were, they were so solid up front. Uh, they were great in the run game. I thought our backs did great. I thought our defense was unbelievable. Um, they came up with some huge shoot stops. They've been getting better, every better, better and better every week, and that's what you want. You want to just keep rising, keep believing, um, and you know, just to win in front of our fans, you know, uh, the Broncos country, and just be able to get it done was really special. Um, you know, the fans were great. I mean, we feed, feed off of uh, you know their energy, and, and and it really does make a difference, especially when the game's on the line. Okay. So that's, you know, pep talk, happy Russ. Now let's compare that to Sean Payton after the game with his back and forth with Troy Rank. Because Troy was trying to say, hey, coach, you guys broke a bad streak. And it didn't go so well for Troy. Ten straight. Right, you're three this year, but how much does well, you it You said your team. Uh, so let's start and the, say the, the Denver Broncos, Broncos had, historically. Yeah, yeah. Broncos I don't historically. pay attention to that. Had blown that. I don't pay attention. How much to that. does it mean? I don't to, pay attention to it. To, no, to see you get over the hump in the second half. It wasn't our hump. Up. It wasn't our hump. I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I, it wasn't our hump. Um, we're trying to win. Pat mentioned it to me, and I thought it was one of these like, all right, what next? I mean, meaning, in New Orleans, you know, we hadn't won a playoff game on the road. Or, you know, all the. It's like you know the good teams don't have those issues. The teams that aren't as good have halftime, whatever. Um, but that, that's that's. It's not your team would not be the right word for it. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> there is Sean Payton trying to disassociate himself from the past history of the Denver Broncos and, and, and just trying to. No, that's not. Those are those bunch of losers. That's not me. So I guess in Sean Payton's world, uh, they've only lost one game in a row to the Chiefs. Not 16. Listen, man, Sean, coach, my man. Uh, first of all, you won the game. You, you can be in a good mood. And, and he kind of continued like that when I tried to ask him a question. Johnny? Anything else? Coach, to, despite the win, you definitely seem to have some frustrations here. And I'm, I'm curious how you. Look, we're never happy. You know, we, we work hard. We want it. 
we want to see our guys play well. I'm happy we won. I am. Um, I think I was a little happier before I came in here. <laughs> um, but there's some things that, um, from experience, that, that you know need to get fixed or they will cost you or have already cost us. And those are the things that keep you up at night. We got to keep working on. But it was, it was. This was a good, good hard-fought win. All right. So some some important things here. First of all, it's it's good that you're not satisfied with subpar performance. I mean, you only scored 19 points. You were one for four in the red zone. The Packers are not a good team. They made a comeback on you until you had to make a comeback in the fourth quarter. And you had some terrible communication getting personnel on the field. I mean, that was bad. Not good, obviously. You had to burn timeouts because of that. They've also burned timeouts because Sean Payton forgot what down it was before the end of a half in a a previous game. I mean, listen, there's some brutal sort of getting to know each other sort of moments going on with the Denver Broncos. And that that is rough. And you could feel that after the game. It's like, yeah, we won. And they weren't disappointed that they won because it it uh, hurts their draft position. No, they're they're unhappy because of how difficult it was to win a game. They should have won much easier. So I actually kind of respect where Sean Payton is coming from to to that extent. You know, you you understand his frustration. Like, man, this almost killed us, and we almost blew it. And in fact, the Packers were driving and good for PJ Locke to get that interception. And Justin Simmons spoke about that afterwards saying, hey, listen, you got to watch on film how great that play actually was. And he went on to detail exactly. It, it, it looked just like kind of a Hail Mary and anybody could have caught it. But apparently there was there was much more to it. So the frustrations that Sean Payton has um are because things just aren't great behind the scenes, and it's just not the way he envisioned things going. So despite a win, a lot of those feelings bubble to the surface. Not only, man, can you believe what we had to do to win this game, but we've blown other games too that we clearly should have won. And when you sit there at two and five, those sort of things are more present. And here come the Kansas City Chiefs who beat the Chargers and Taylor Swift and, you know, Brittany have, you know, handshakes and (laughs) chest bumps and, you know, they're pals. One more time. Do you have, is that uh, prison yard trout hands? The next single. That's right. This, 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 this this doesn't work well on Spotify if you're just listening, but I am doing um, prison farm trout hands. Anyways, uh, you got you, you, you're getting out of some frustrations too after this game. This was a weird win, Johnny. This was a weird win. It's a weird win because it, you're happy to get the win, but boy, oh boy, were there frustrations afterwards. I mean, it was kind of just like the drudgery of actually winning a game. But but I think winning is is ultimately good. I mean, if they had lost this, listen, let me tell you this: had they lost this game the season really would have been over, okay? It it would have been done. There wouldn't have been much to play for except your job and going through the motions of pretending that you care. 
And I don't think they're there yet. I think they're, they they use the example of the one in six Lions as look what they did to turn things around. Listen, again, I'm going back to the original question. Is winning bad? No. No. Winning is never bad. No no teams really tank. And I'm I'm seeing some of these responses online, and I said, well, I really don't get where you're coming from. They're like, oh, DMAC, how dumb are you? Do you not understand? All right, listen, maybe I'm using the wrong word choice. I mean, the premise of why you want the Broncos to lose is terrible. You think, well, if we lose out, we'll be in the right place to rebuild and get Caleb Williams or Drake May or, I mean, whoever. You're going to be likely in that position no matter what, okay? Historically, teams that have started like the Broncos and have done what they've done, historically, they, they have a top 10 pick. Let me tell you this, man. If you're anywhere inside of the top 10, you're going to have to move up. The only team that doesn't have to move up is the team with the absolute worst record, which likely will be the Panthers. You are never going to be as bad as the Panthers anyways, I don't think. And that goes to the Bears. And the the Bears won a game. Is that a bad thing that the Bears beat the radar? Uh, radar. The Raiders? No, it's not a bad thing. So the whole concept that winning is bad is a ridiculous fallacy that you shouldn't buy into. It's good that the Broncos won. It felt good in the stadium. It was good to talk to the fans. People like it when you win. Rooting for the Broncos to lose is, it's just like, it's just, it's like never asking the pretty girl to go to the prom. It's like, ah, she's going to say no anyways. I'll go with my aunt. Or, or my sister. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. I don't know. I, I guess that's fine. So I guess. Listen, let me tell you, you should be happy that the Broncos won. I'm happy that the Broncos won. And now you set up a game against the Chiefs. By the way, we're getting this behind the scenes. Cortland Sutton was nobody believes in us. This, <laughs> this, this is the rallying cry against the media. And Cortland Sutton had to be kind of twisted his arm to even talk to the media after the game. Okay, let's talk about that just for a second. Nobody believes in us. I love this. This is code for uh, we hate you, the muggles in the media. It's all your fault. You know, Jerry Judy had that moment this week. Cortland Sutton's having it because his name's in the in the trade rumors. So he didn't he doesn't want to talk to anybody. And when he goes, nobody believes in us. Yes, that is code for I hate you people, that being the media, not the fans. It's your fault. Nobody believes in us. Well, it's not up to the media to believe in you. I mean, you should just believe in you. Who cares? Nobody, nobody believes in you. You haven't made the you haven't had a winning record for seven years. Yeah, you haven't had a winning record since 2016. No, nobody believes in you. Cortland Sutton, you've never been on a team that's that's had a winning season. Never mind gone to the playoffs. You're sitting there at one and five. Nobody believes in you. I mean, that that's, you know, it's not about Santa Claus here, bro. I mean, it's it's a it's about winning on the field. Again, it goes a long way just by winning. And yes, Cortland Sutton made a great catch down the field. Had a touchdown catch. I, I think Cortland Sun's a great dude. But to throw the nobody believes it. Listen, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. So you see a team, except for Russell Wilson now. Russell Wilson was just like, everything is great. And the, the puppy dogs and rainbows and sunshine. And, 
you know, Russell Wilson. And then you have Cortland Sutton. Nobody believes in us. You have Justin Simmons, who was fine. But, you know, nobody was, like, giving high fives all over the place because you beat the Packers at home. And then you have Surly Sean Payton. I actually think that's the right kind of attitude, that you're not satisfied, that it's not, that you expect to do this. You shouldn't be celebrating things that you expect to do. So I, despite, <laughs> if you notice, there are two different approaches. Troy Rank just kept plowing ahead with this question. I gave up. I was like, I, I surrender. White flag. I give up. So it sets up um, an interesting week to get ready for the Chiefs. Maybe it's easier if you just lose, if nobody expects you to win at all. But I'm happy the Broncos won. Could they have played better? Sure. Could they have better? I do wonder how things are with uh, VJ and Sean Payton. It doesn't look good. It does not look good. And if you can't get on the same page communication-wise, if you can't get the right personnel out on the field, um, and they didn't really have a big relationship in the past, this could really be bad news for VJ at some point. But overall, the Broncos' defense played pretty well. They played pretty well, and they have been playing pretty well. So the 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 that that Miami game you may just want to throw out. If you look at everything after the Miami game, including a game against the Chiefs, the Broncos defense has been all right, more than all right. They've played winning football. You know, the offense scored 19 points this week. They scored eight the previous week. Not great, Bob. So it sets up um an interesting week to take on the Chiefs. We'll see where it goes. Um, Kareem Jackson likely is going to be suspended. I saw Justin Simmons defend him. I heard people say, well, the guy was going down. You just can't do it. You've got a target on your back. You've been fined four times. You're likely to get suspended. And listen, it's not without a twist of irony that the person that made the big play, PJ Locke, was the substitute for Kareem Jackson. So I'm not exactly sure what you even do with Kareem Jackson at this point. I mean, he's likely to be suspended. P.J. Locke is the future in that direction anyway. Um, I'll go to what happens in this situation. Like Coach Bednar talked about Bo Byram just doesn't have his feet. He's not seeing the game the right way. And then you draw a lot of penalties because you're trying to play catch-up. I, I think that's what's going on with Kareem. He's near the end of his career. He's a great guy, great leader. But if you're just a half-step slow, in the world of the Avengers, and you're a half step slow. Sometimes you're going to, you know, try to make things up. And when you make things up, you can get yourself in trouble. I love Kareem. Okay. I thought it was a penalty the second I saw it. I guess you can slow things down and look at it. It looked terrible. Um, and, well, we'll see. But he's costing himself a ton of money. And, and we'll see if he gets suspended. It wouldn't surprise me if he does. It looks like the Sertan touchdown, the joint catch, should have gone to Patrick Sertan because he got his feet down first. That's a fascinating play, and I'm not exactly sure what the rules are, but the NFL, at least on TV, NFL officials say on a joint catch, if you get your feet down first, it's your ball. That actually seems to make tons of sense to me. That was a pivotal moment in the game. If it goes the other way, which it probably should have, what an unbelievable play by Pat Sertan. Incredible. But instead, it goes the, the Packers' way, and that was a gargantuan game-changer. So the Broncos got unlucky there. They got lucky in some other elements. 
Um, they got unlucky when a deflected pass off the Packers goes to another Packer for a touch. So both of those touchdowns by the Packers were pretty lucky, actually, when you think about it. They pulled one out, and you should be happy about it, Johnny. We'll talk tons about the Nuggets tomorrow. Ooh. I was out with the Nuggets um, yesterday, and I'll be with them today as they practice on the Ball Arena court. We'll talk to Sean Payton today at 10 a.m. And uh, the Avalanche are going to set a NHL record, we hope, against the Islanders tomorrow, trying to win their 15th road game of the regular season in a row. Johnny, it's time for What's on the Shelf. What's on the Shelf? A remote edition. Um, I, I want to check out this Rat Pack photo that's over your left shoulder. There. Uh, you're, yep, right there. Yep. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, it's a it's in black and white, so we know it's from DMX Youth. Well, this, believe it or not, is my uh, college radio station. We would have a banquet in college. It's kind of like our own fraternity, our radio station. And um, these were the guys on the crazy morning crew. And uh, John O, T-Bone, Jim Gallagher, Rod Oceans, Scott Meach, Sam Mettler, and myself. And this is when I started in radio. I was Magoo the Weather Elf. Magoo the Weather Elf. And when um, when it would snow, I would listen to WSYR, a real commercial radio station. If there were any school cancellations, I would run down to the radio station and I would copy all the schools that WSYR would read off. I'd just write them down as fast as I could. And uh, I would be like, uh, you know, uh, Baldwinsville and uh, Solvay and... Uh, Fayetteville Manlius, take the day off. That's what I want to do. I want to be in radio. There, so you get in where you fit in. And uh, even when they don't want you in radio. Was there anything better than like seeing your name come across the ticker or hearing your name on the radio that you had the day off? I, I can't I can't imagine a better feeling. So Magoo the Weather Elf was actually a beloved character in the yeah. world of good old Z89. But these, these were my guys. Um, we used to get all dressed up for the banquet. And um, there's some unbelievable talent right in this photo. The, the, the talent in this photo and what they've gone on to do in their lives is unreal. And um, on a serious note, it, it wasn't the school or the teachers at Syracuse. It was guys um, and uh, gals like these. It was the people that just demanded you do better. And, even, and it was just... Um, it was a moment, my man. It's a moment. I love this photo, and I should take better care of it because the frame broke. But Johnny, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked about it. This is, is that- uh, these are my guys from back in college, and and these are the guys and the motivation to keep me going in radio and now doing whatever we're doing here as we go through life. So is that, is that the, the last time you wore a suit? Potentially. That's right, Johnny. That was the last time I wore the suit. 1989. So it still fit. No. Really? You got to be mean? I had a chin back then. Look at it. I got a chin. That's <laughs> me with a chin and a neck. Still with the glasses. though. Still with the glasses. Might be the same pair of glasses. All right, that's it um, for Kill You With Truth. Johnny, this worked, sort of. We had some technical difficulties, but we're we're doing some new things. I love everybody listening. I love everybody participating in things. We'll have a podcast later this afternoon with Nate and Chad. Um, and we'll cover stuff throughout the day. 
kill you with truth. Shin version. Bye.